welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, Downey Church. Let's go ahead and begin with prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for another day of life, Lord, that you have blessed us with. And as we continue our series on Fear Not, Lord, how we can give our, our fears to you, Lord, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. John Wayne, noted actor uh, in many, many films, from being a cowboy to uh, being a Green Beret, said that courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyways. I can think of many movies where he himself literally would get on a horse and ride away either into the sunset or to confront some kind of problem. Now, last week, we talked a little bit about some fear. There's many fears that we all probably experience. Uh, as we kind of noted, maybe you have a fear of dogs or of germs or uh, needles. Uh, in fact, uh, just the other day, I had to go to the phlebotomist to get some blood drawn and I, I was sitting there and I, I had my arm out. And even though it, it's just a slight pinch, you know, maybe like an ant biting you. Um, I just, for whatever reason, I couldn't look at it. But fear, some fear is good. A fear, a good and healthy fear of the Lord. And not one of terror, but that of, of, of reverence, of, of submission to the Lord versus a fear that, uh, holds us still and it freezes us. There's some good fears and there are also some bad fears. Now, what is fear? Well, Oxford Dictionary describes it as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous or likely to cause pain or a threat. I think sometimes fear, when it encapsulates us, uh, like I, I kind of described it, it either ca uh, causes us to become frozen or maybe in our gut, we get those butterflies or even just it feels like a big ball of just pain in our stomach just holds us in place. And, and because of our fear, we sometimes put off or we procrastinate to the very end. Maybe some people say, I like that pressure, but it's fear of the unknown, fear of failure. Can I complete this task? Is this task too big for me? When we look through scripture, there are many, many, many instances where <clears throat> uh, faithful followers of God <laughs> were struck with fear. I think of when uh, Moses and the Israelites have left Egypt and, and Pharaoh decides to change his mind. So he sends his army out to bring the people back. And they're in a rock and a hard place, literally, because right before him is the Red Sea. And so what do they do? They're frozen. In fact, they start to complain to Moses, why did you bring us out here that we might die? At least we could have just still be alive in Egypt. It might have been a horrible life, but we at least would still be alive. And yet God, through Moses, parts the sea. So much so that after the two men had to hold his arms up. I also think of Esther, a Jewish woman who <clears throat> had to go before the king for fear of her life as well, because she and her people 
were threatened with genocide. I also think of David and Goliath. David had much, much confidence, much strength, but everyone else on the Israelite army did not want to go against Goliath. I also think of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they had faith to be able to ask, hey, please, let us just eat some fruits and veggies. And they ended up being smarter. And, and that wasn't the only time that they would stick to their integrity, but also their lives would be threatened. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be threatened uh, to be thrown into a fire furnace for not bowing down to a statue. And as well, Daniel being threatened because he was staying faithful to the fact that he would continually and regularly pray to his God. And yet the king, who was good friends with Daniel, was tricked into throwing him into a lion's den. These are just some stories. Just one of some of many. And when we we are placed with the challenge of some obstacle that is placed before us, maybe it's a physical challenge, you are dealing with a health issue. Maybe just right now, maybe you're just exhausted. I mean, being in this pandemic and just being at home or doing the same thing over and over with no ability to really be able to get out or even to get away. Or right now, we have fires that are raging in the mountains, the Bobcat fire, the El Dorado fire. Where the Bobcat fire, I last I checked this morning, it was 6% contained and over 26,000 acres have already burned. And as I was driving through, I, I drove through Duarte and I, I had to get out of the car to check something. And all of a sudden, I was instantly met with smoke. And while my house may be okay, I know that the many houses that are lined up against the foothills are in danger of burning. I also think of uh, some friends as well whose livelihoods and their animals are being threatened right now by the El Dorado fire. Fear. What do we do with it? How do we move forward? One of the texts that I, I think we've recently gone over as well, but, but bears true in this is that in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything. And I'm going to be honest with you, that, that's a, that's a hard ask right now because anxiety, I think everybody is so anxious. But in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, so don't be anxious, but you actually want me to be thankful, Paul? Yes. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. So with fear, we're not immune to fear. It's something that we have to face. But just like John Wayne says, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyways. Doesn't mean that absent fear, our fears are going to be completely erased, but we're granted the strength and the courage to face them. In fact, faith requires that you move forward. Being faithful means that we don't just sit and just wait. We have to be proactive. We have to knock on those doors, the test of faith that God is leading to us. Now, maybe there's something that's within your heart that maybe you've been wanting to to do and accomplish or build like some dream that you have. 
it's not going to get started unless you actually take steps to move forward. Action steps. What are those steps that I, I don't know what it means for you, but certainly starting with humility and asking God, God, please, how do I accomplish this goal that perhaps you have placed in my heart? And not being scared about all of the, the legalese and all of the paperwork and all of the hurdles that you have to. If God has impressed something on your heart to accomplish, go with courage. And though there may be hardships and there may be sometimes setbacks, God is faithful. It also takes courage to confront your fears, whether those fears are, are in your mind or they are real fears. It takes courage. There's two parallel stories that we find in the Gospel of Mark chapter 5. It's also, you can find them in, in Luke and in Matthew. Same story, albeit each uh, Gospel tells it a little differently. Some short, and today we're going to go over a little bit of the longer version. So in Mark 5, 21 through 46, when Jesus, he and the disciples have been on the boat, they went to the other side of the lake. There's this large crowd that's gathering around him while he was by the lake. They already knew he was coming. They already wanted to meet him, to hear what he had to say, and perhaps be able to heal them. And then one of the synagogue leaders, Jairus. Jairus had to overcome some fear because of his position as a, a synagogue leader was essentially threatened at this point by going to Jesus. His reputation was on the line. But to him, that was a small thing because his very daughter was sick, was dying, and he had no other option. And so his his fear, although brought by courage in this case, brings him to Jesus. And he actually, he humbly, he falls at Jesus' feet. He acknowledges who Jesus is. He worships him. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she might be healed and live. So Jesus, he goes with them. But along the way, poor Jairus, there's a little bit of a delay, a traffic holdup, because there's a large crowd. They follow and they press in on Jesus. Everybody wants to see him. They hear of this prophet, this this healer, and a woman who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And she'd suffered a great deal under the doctors and had spent uh, you know, yeah, all she had to get better, and yet she still grew worse. When she hears about Jesus, she thinks, if I just even touch his cloak, his garment, perhaps, if I just touch, I will be healed. And so immediately when she touches Jesus' cloak, her bleeding stops and she feels in her body that she's freed from the pain and the embarrassment and the the uh, being an outcast for 12 years. All of that is gone. She finds freedom. She finds rest. Her fears are instantly gone. And at this point, Jesus, he realizes that, hey, you know, power had gone out for me. And and he says, <laughs> he literally says, who touched my clothes? And, and all the disciples are thinking, well, Jesus, like there's a bunch of people around you. They, He says, you see the people crowding against you, and yet you ask who touched me? But Jesus, he looks around to see who had touched his cloak. And then the woman, knowing what had happened, she comes forward. And she tells him the truth. And he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. The courage for this woman who probably had been an outcast for some time, for some who had probably thought, well, you get what you deserve. Because maybe perhaps in 
uh, their minds she'd done something and it, this was just uh, the golden rule or karma coming back for her. But no, she takes her fear and she she moves forward. She has courage. And yet at the same time this is happening, some people from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, comes and tells him, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? I'm sure if you're in Jairus's position, you're probably just, your heart's just crushed. I'm wondering what he's thinking. I'm wondering if he's angry with this woman who interfered with Jesus heading to his very own house. He had had hope. His heart was crushed, and yet he goes with courage and with great fear. He goes and he, he humbly asks Jesus to please come and heal his daughter. And yet in the midst of his joy, when he realizes Jesus is on his way to his house, the journey is stopped. And then all of a sudden he gets the crushing news. His daughter is dead. But Jesus, he says, don't be afraid. Just believe. And while he go, they continue the journey to Jairus's house. And then when they get there, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, the brother of John. And when they came to the house of the synagogue, they see this large commotion where people are, are wailing and crying. And he goes in and he says, why all this commotion? The child is not dead, but asleep. And as Seventh-day Adventists, we believe that when you die, it's simply like a slumber. It's a sleep. But they laugh at him. And he took them, he placed them all outside. He takes the father. He takes Jairus and his wife, the mother, and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand. He takes, he says, Talitha Ka'um, which means little girl. I say to you, get up. And immediately this child, she stands up. She begins to walk around a child of about 12 years old. And at this, everybody's just amazed and blown away. And he, he gives strict orders to not let anyone know about this. And he told them to get Talitha something to eat. Two parallel stories of faith and, and great courage that was exhibited, confronting their fears. Because, hey, Jairus, he could have been rejected by Jesus. And then all of a sudden, his reputation, he's got a black mark on his reputation. But no. Ken Pell comes up with this acronym, that of COST. C-O-S-T. C being that of courage. Both Jairus and this woman displayed great courage going and asking for help. And as well, humbly, when we confront our fears, we have to come humbly before the Lord and ask God, please help us, help me in this situation. It takes great courage to be able to confront your fears. And yet we can find courage and strength in the Lord. And yet there's also the, oh, the obedience, or I would even also call it faithfulness. We have to be faithful to God. And there's that of sacrifice. When we, when we look through scripture or even in any great story, any that ends well, there is some challenges, there is some sacrifice associated with it. Whether perhaps you, you, you sacrifice great time, or maybe you lose relationships along the way. Certainly we don't want to lose those. But there's also challenges that we sometimes we have to make decisions. And there are hardships. 
And the final thing, though, however, is that of tenacity. And one of the challenges Jairus faced was that of his tenacity was lost when his daughter, he was told, had died. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. Press on. Just believe. I also think of uh, of the woman, the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was demon-possessed. When she didn't give Jesus one option, she kept going after and asking and pleading. And, and Jesus, in a show of, of, of compassion and grace as well, he, he acknowledges you have great faith. Sometimes when we face our challenges, we're not going to get it right the first time. It's going to take multiple attempts in getting it right. The biggest thing is we do not stop. In fact, there, there's one saying where, um, if you can run, great. But if you can't run, walk. And if you can't walk, um, crawl. Just don't stop. Being faithful. To close with Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, a well-known passage that we, many of us know, is trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. In some versions as well, it says smooth. So fear. As humans, we, we are prone to fear, but it doesn't mean that has to, to limit us or hold, to hold us. When fear comes about, humble yourself and give your fears, give your anxieties with thanksgiving as Philippians 4 says to the Lord. Because again, when, when we talk about prayer, when we ask God for something, we're going to talk a little bit about this, especially uh, in depth when, when we begin our, our small groups next month, when we're going to be talking about prayer. We know God has done many things in our lives and we're so thankful for everything that God has blessed us with. There's always something that we can be thankful for. And when we go to God with our prayers and our concerns. Might we also be thankful for what God has already done, knowing that God will help to lead and guide us over the challenges that we face. And yet as well, so having the courage, the humility, the courage, the faithfulness, obedience. And as well, during the journey, there are going to be times where perhaps there may be some challenges. There may be some things that you have to give up, you know, some comforts. Uh, you know, maybe changing, uh, you know, you have a, a, a physical challenge or a disease and maybe giving up some of your favorite foods. Sacrifice that because in the long run, you want to be able to live, right? Whatever that may be in, in your, in your, in your life, there are some challenges, but yet when we're faithful, and God leads us, the outcome is better than can ever be expected. Because God knows best. And sometimes, however, we're challenged as well by the fact that maybe things didn't turn out the way that we wanted to, but yet God is faithful and knows what's best for us. Sometimes that means closing a door that we had hoped, but perhaps may not have been best for us either. So my exhortation to you, 
Downey Church and to our, our digital friends who are joining us today. May you humbly submit yourself to the Lord. May you give your fears to the Lord. May you give your anxieties and along with thanksgiving, have the confidence as Jesus as well says to Jairus to just believe, to move forward, to take steps with action and to not avoid because our fears, our concerns and our problems will not go away. It requires that we deal with them. Don't be afraid. And as well, don't be afraid to ask for help, not only of the Lord, but perhaps your friends who perhaps have experience in dealing with whatever challenge you're facing. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. And may we as a church together come together to support one another in the joys and also the challenges where we are fearful. We together can pray and God can do an amazing work. May the Lord bless, lead, and guide you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and are doing in our lives, Lord. And we look to the future, Lord, where you will help us to overcome the many challenges that we're facing right now, Lord, that of the fires right now. We pray for those of our public safety who are doing their best to be able to protect, to as well eradicate the fires, Lord. We pray, Lord, we pray for rain that the, the fires can be extinguished. But Lord, if that's not the plan, Lord, we pray that you will help them to be able to have the best minds and as well to give them the strength and the courage to be able to to deal with the fires. Lord, for those of us, our family and our friends, Lord, who are dealing with a physical battle, we pray for healing and we pray for the mental courage and emotional strength as well to move forward. And as as we we go forth, Lord, may you help us to be faithful representatives for you. All these things we pray in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Take care, everybody. Much love, grace, and peace to you all. Take care. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.